What a world you now listening to Talk of Brothers Podcast. Welcome to the Talk of Talk Talk of Brothers Podcast. Podcast. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Talk of Brothers Podcast. Talk of Brothers. Talk of Brothers. Talk of Brothers Podcast with Smash and Go D. Go Dan Smash, you guys doing your thing. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My brother. Go Dan Smash and Talk of Brothers. That's popping. We ain't worried about nothing. Y'all are now listening to Talk of Brothers. Podcast. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Godi. And it's your boy Smash coming at you. I want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talking Brothers Podcast. Smash, it's the hundredth episode, man. We finally made it, man. The, the grind has paid off, I think. What you think? Oh, yes, sir. That's what I was gonna say. It ain't just another episode, it's the hundredth episode. It's the centennial. The hundredth. <laughs> you know so, what I'm saying? So that's that's big up, man. We got we got a, a, a guest on who's been on the, on the podcast before <laughs> when we first started. Man, he uh, graced us with 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 his presence and uh, always every Monday. Man, I look forward to his inspirational um, e- inspirational YouTube and um, very grounded grounded brother. Um, his name is Bear Brewer, born and raised South Side Chicago. Uh, been in many different things, stand up comedy, coming home. Um, his own stand-up comedy. He's got Bruh on BT Plus, uh, Games People Play, Tyler Perry, um, Kevin Hart's Netflix show. Uh, let's bring the brother in, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to, you know, say that I've I've met this brother before he got big, and now he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm, I'm, it's just been fun to watch his rise. Yes, What's sir. going on, Bear? Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. That's the only way in my mind how to do it. Or else I'm just wasting my time while I'm here. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you don't, I think Mama has something to say about it, right? Oh, she definitely would, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that, let's just talk about sure. talk about what you got going on right now, man. You guys are currently finished season two of Bro, and you guys are you, you just finished. Yeah. So you, you just finished filming uh, the games people play. Yeah. What else is on the horizon I for you? This week, yeah. This week, don't don't sound so uh, excited, yeah, bro. Feature, feature, <laughs> I think I think he tired. <laughs> you <laughs> are super bro. tired, man. Feature films, man. I definitely want to get back on the road, man. That's really what I'm. My first road gig is in Alaska, so I want to kind of put a tour together. Uh, you know, I was gonna reach out to John Minks and see if they want to get back on the road this this. You know, as the world open back up, you know. Right. Um, and I'm, yeah, just building my, you know, my studio, my movie studio, trying to get the productions and independent stuff going on. So I got a show coming out, um, that I wrote and directed called Jack and Jill on this new streaming platform called Black Oak TV. And it's another show that I, uh, produced and, uh, uh, and created called The Next Generation Stand Up, where Big Jaws on there is co-hosted by B-Dot. I don't know if y'all know the guy. The comedian basketball player to kind of be imitating all the like the uh, basketball players. He's like a DJ, yeah. Yeah. so he's like my yeah, kid for free, and I bring a whole bunch of comics out. Yeah, yeah. so that's the okay. show that's gonna be on that platform as well. So you'll see me sharing yeah. it. It's probably be dropping in May. Okay. Um, so I'm excited about that, man. So just really trying to, man. I you know I don't stop, man. I feel like if I ain't doing nothing, like something wrong. So I'm trying to always, you know. Keep, uh, <laughs> continue to bring great content and continue to build. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, like we was talking off wax earlier, and I was like, you know, I tried to 
keep up with all that you got going on. It's like at this point, it's like I, I can't. It's like that, that's just a testament. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing catch up <laughs> at this point because he's he's everywhere, and, and that's a good thing, man. Like you know, he definitely take time out when he where he can. If he can do it, he can do it. Like I can, I might not have talked to you for maybe like six months, but text you and say, "Hey, Barry, what's going on? Can you can you come on the show? Sure, I got you. You know what I'm saying? It's always." <laughs> He's always making time. Whenever if he got time, he'll definitely afford that time. And it's all and and you can see how it's being paid forward um, with his career going forward. You know. Now, um, now hold, you you surprised me with something though, Barry. Like with all the business that you're doing, and I know you stay busy. I saw something and it, and I had to go listen to it. You dropped the album Conquer Goliath, right? Yeah, working on my second album. It's called Beautiful Monster. It's going to be like, a re- I'm really excited about that. So I'm doing that kind of on my time off when I'm done filming. Uh, so that should drop around, you know, summertime, uh, like June. So I'm excited about that, man. Just, I'm constantly trying to like, uh, I read this, uh, I heard this growing up always in church about the man that buried his gifts. And uh, God's gifted me with a lot of stuff. I didn't even know I had all these gifts. So I'm just trying to make sure I use them and, Put them out to the world and see what comes of it. Right, right. So with with with, with so much going on, um, where what what is is it the the, the comedy is, is the main thing for you? Is the comedy is, is that's always going to be the backbone of what's going on? Always, yeah. Being a stand up is just definitely first and foremost. Obviously, movies and television, I think, kind of works with that. But yeah. I'm a stand-up comic. That's what I am. That, that's what my claim to fame. That's the first thing I started. That's where mm. I've kind of navigated to all these other gifts. I mean, music has always been a part of my life, but as mm. it relates to really taking it to be a career and a life, like stand-up comedy is it, man. I don't ever want to leave that. Like that's the one thing that always I'll stand on. After everything right. else settles, I still want to get on stage and, and do stand-up. Right. So how has it been since the pandemic? How was how has it curtailed the the actual stand up portion of it? I mean, how is have you been able to work or you just been at a standstill? A super standstill. Like it's been nothing. You know, if you're not doing other than, you know, sketches and, you know, getting on live and cracking jokes and so forth, it has really been no way of performing. I did get fortunate to you know, when things start kind of opening up, I went to right. Oklahoma and did a show maybe uh, like a month ago. Okay. Months ago. I don't know how long ago. So it was just like a single date. One of my comic friends has a, a room he does down there and asked me to come headline. And so that was cool. It felt so good to get on stage. But man, right. comedy just came to a complete halt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, bro. It's not been any opportunity to do that. And that's been uh, scary. And then um, Kev on stage invited me to do a stand-up performance in LA. And I was so nervous because I hadn't been on stage in a year. Right. Uh, other than that one time in Oklahoma, where you're when you're a stand-up comedian and you you got a stand-up special out, you know, every time you do another appearance, it's like you gotta bring it. Like people are like, right. okay, you know. So uh, I felt pressure. You were you were scared that you were gonna bomb to, at all this time. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think I I don't think I was gonna bomb, but I want to be great. You know what right. I mean? Like I want right. to, I want to kill. Like I want to be amazing. Like I don't want to just be average. Right, right. So, so I guess to me, being average is bombing because I want to always shoot for the moon. You know what I mean? Right. So, so that's what I wanted to be. Like I want to be special. 
<laughs> like what? You know what I mean? Like no doubt. You an athlete and you go and have a game. You want to put you your best foot forward. You want to go out there get thirty points. Yeah, exactly. You want to go and do well. You want to have subpar games. So that's kind of how I felt, and it went well. You know, it felt good. It felt like home. You know, so like you, know, you, you never know. You're like, oh, I hope I'm rusty. I ain't rusty. It wasn't like riding a bike, but it was just about like uh, <laughs> I'll say putting on a shirt that the dryer kind of shrunk and just kind of stretching it back out. out to get it fit right again. Okay, <laughs> I feel yeah, that. you had to kind of get it right back. It's like okay, there you go, there you go. I loosened it up. So. Yeah, but but this and and talking to some other comedians, they you know they they say they look at the world differently. Right, they the way we mm-hmm. they look at the world and they find comedy in everything, right? Whether it's going to the grocery store, whatever they're doing within their life, they find comedy in it. With this, with this time mm-hmm. that we've been through, did did any did any content come out of out of this time that you had downtime to where you went to Oklahoma? I had new content, I had new jokes to try out, all, those type of different things. They had did it have give you time to to be able to get those creative juices flowing? on other stuff besides just just being on stage and being on the road yeah it did it kind of helped me to be more um more creative as it relates to writing things you can't do to go out so it kind of kept me stagnant i was more effective in the areas that of creativity like writing movies or thinking of a game plan as it relates to building my company creative in those ways like in business ways right is it also opened up the idea of how you can uh you know, uh, be effective as it relates to not being able to connect directly with the people. So that made you really focus on how you reach your audience more effectively through social media and through those different mediums. You know what I mean? So I yeah. creative in that way, if that answers your question. Definitely, definitely. I get it. So we 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 wanna touch on I'll touch on a few topics here. You know, we're trying to keep it um not just about I mean, we definitely want people to go back and listen to the other episodes. We definitely want you to, to listen. We were we went more in depth into who Barry Brewer was. This time around, you know, we touched on it a little bit, but I definitely want to just be like some some bruh sitting around just having a conversation, just talking. So I want to throw some topics out there, get your opinion on them, and uh, okay. see where that goes. Um, one okay. one topic that's the, the hot topic right now, man, is Paul Pierce and his episode on IG Live. Are, are you... Are you Caught up on that, or you don't know what's what's, what's going on with that? <laughs> yeah, no, I I saw it. <laughs> I I was talking about it with my wife. Um, me and Margaret, we was talking about it. So what? So what part you want me to comment on? Just the just the the, the overall. I want to say the N word, but just well, yeah. what he was doing was very common for our culture. It wasn't nothing right. crazy. It wasn't nothing disrespectful it wasn't nothing out the norm he was sitting there they had some strippers over whatever they had a you know when nobody disrespected nobody they was having a good time the ladies seemed to be having a good time was, you know it seemed like a respectable kickback for adults right <laughs> but this is the other side of it as a so for paul pierce in my in my mind i you got to understand you represent a brand even when you're not Represent that brand, brand in that right. moment. So, it's true. yeah, like when you are on network TV and you're a person like, 
how you display your own personal time is still a reflection on them, right? It's kind of like if you have an endorsement. And I say this to him because he's an NBA star, so he understands endorsements and different, you know, components like that. And when you're in a in the public in the public eye, mm-hmm. what you do is has even more of a magnifying glass on it because of who you represent. Right. And uh, them deciding to want to part ways, I get it. Um, mm. Is it fair? Is it, you know, I, I, I mean, if you work for me and I don't want what you're doing to reflect on me, yeah, it's fair. It's my, it's my business, it's my company. Right. So how I want, and because truth be told, all the executives could be like, hey, you look like he's having a good time. We was, we wish we was there, right? <laughs> like they could be all. <laughs> I didn't get my invite. Is why you getting fired? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying they could be all about what he's doing, but as it relates to representing the brand, that's a whole nother conversation, right? Because yeah. what what my brand represents versus what I do in private, you know what I'm saying? Like a pastor, like let's just talk about brands for a bit. <laughs> like if I'm a preacher and I'm a pastor, mm-hmm. but I'm a freak with my wife. You know what I'm saying? And we go into the Ain't nothing wrong with what I'm doing. Get it? Don't get twisted. I'm married. I'm doing. I'm going to the sex store with my wife. Right. To get us some right. some toys and da 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 whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, it still doesn't reflect his brand very well. Even though it's nothing wrong with what he's doing, he's not disrespecting nobody. He's not doing nothing against the word of God. But it just doesn't look right good right. for him. As it a doesn't pastor. project project so that professional. He would probably be a lot. Mm-hmm. professional yep. image of a pastor exactly right. so I think that in in some aspects that's the situation it's like hey we probably don't even we probably don't even have no problem with what you're doing yep. but the fact that this kind of takes away from the brand and the business of what we're doing then that's what becomes a problem because at the end of the day they like whether we are condoning what you're doing or not people don't condone it because you represent ESPN and we don't want ESPN to be looked at in a negative light that we condone, you know, <laughs> what you're doing over there, even though right. we probably do condone it, <laughs> you right. know, in our private life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of times you, you, you see, for me, it was more of, I've never like Paul Pierce has never projected himself like this in his career from, from the time he was playing right. at Kansas all the way up to this point. Like he's never projected. It's like, you, you know, Good times are good times. That's all, you know, come on, man. We all human. And that's, like you said, that's that's definitely a reflection of our culture. To me, it just seems like it was, like he wanted it out. Like it was just a, a reason for him to get out of whatever that situation was. You know what I'm saying? It was like more of... Yeah. Like he you came, think he did that on purpose? To me, it, it seems like he did. he did it on purpose, man. Because then he, he doubled back and he was like, I'm going to be nah. okay. I'm going to be good, you know. Uh that's just that's but that's just something somebody got their feelings hurt and they trying to act like it's cool. No, oh. he, he didn't do that on purpose. He was just I just don't think he thought it would be blown up as that. I thought he was just felt I think he he seemed like he's a little tipsy. He was just on live chilling. Like I don't think he was I don't think it was in purpose at all. I think he was just he felt like he was doing nothing wrong. He I think that's his feeling. I felt like he was sitting there playing poker. It was an event. Right. I think that if the girls wasn't in the in the in the in the bikini shaking a booty, I don't think it was nothing wrong with the video. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. think they would have fired him or did anything. Right. I don't think he, it wasn't nothing wrong. So I don't really think he <laughs> thought he was doing nothing wrong. I don't think he would jeopardize his job 
for that. Like, like if I want to quit, I'll just quit respectfully. I wouldn't yeah. have no backlash. And, right, right. And that's true. That, that messes up my opportunities moving forward if Fall I want to, you know, do commentary mm-hmm. for another uh, network. So, so you uh, think I, it was? I, yeah, I think he just didn't think. Not wrong. I, I, do you think it was I, more I, of the the strippers or the marijuana use? Both. Combination of both. Both. Yeah, I think it was both. Was he smoking? Yeah. In in marijuana legal in California? I, think I don't think so. he was, I don't think he was in I think, California. I think it was both. No, he wasn't California. Was both, but I really think it was more more the strippers than it was the weed, in my opinion. Because mm. like you said, if it's legal and I'm smoking, like I don't see that I I, I think it's both for sure. Yes. I don't, I don't, I don't think it was one versus the other, but I think if I had to pick one versus the other, I think it's the girls. It's the girls. It's the, it's the, it's the look of it. It's the, it's the, um, the image the of it all. Of everything kind of look. Yeah, it was the imagery of it all. Because if he's just sitting there smoking, you know, laughing, and have a good time at a thing, you don't know what he's smoking unless he tells right, right. you. Right. Right. So right. they don't know what he's smoking. He at the poker table. He's amongst people. So so far, you know, so I don't think that would have been taken as well. But you smoking and you got the girls with their booties out shaking. I think that <laughs> the imagery was more so. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what it looked like. It's like, what you got going on? You know, if it wasn't no girls there and you just sitting there with the guy smoking, who's to say what it is? Can't nobody, you know, who's to say what you smoking? Yeah. Right. More of the more of the I guess the the situation got the best of him, you know. Just being in that let's let's go live. And just yeah. with him being inebriated, it was just like, you know what? I just made a, a false move and kind it's of like you, said, um, like you said, go is out of his character too. Like it had, it been Ran- had it been Randy Moss, they might would have let it pass. But being Paul Pierce, he never showed anything like that and the and the image it portrayed, it just oh. wasn't good for the brain. <laughs> to them, yeah. To them, to them. If you a black person, you can look at Paul Pierce and see he kicked it like that he oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. I want to say he a, he an N word, but he is like a, a real. Hey. One, you know what I'm saying? Like he kicked it like that for sure. That that's oh, a yeah. comfort zone. I don't, you know, and I don't think nothing wrong with it. That's how you enjoy your life. He ain't hurt nobody. You know what right. I'm saying? But. Um, yeah, I, I just think that when you're working in corporate America and you're working with people who don't share your your skin color, or your likelihood of how you kick it and right. have fun. I think even the Kevin Durant thing is 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 a very similar uh. case to my point as it relates to understanding how we move. Like when he was talking about dude, whether he went his <laughs> wife, it was really all talking about him. It wasn't he wasn't gonna come see him. He wasn't gonna put his hands on like that. Right. It was just Kevin Durant talking <laughs> stuff. Like it wasn't. You know, but but in other cultures, they would take that more offensively. You know what I mean? When you're talking to Michael Rappaport, he's not from where you're from. Right. You're talking to Brian, Brian, hey, well, your mama, like, he'll just go right back at you. <laughs> with your, your girl hair looks just like yours. Like, he's going right. to, you know, that's why you ain't got no wife. Like, he's just going to, he's just going to go back at you and roast you, and that's going to be it. And they going to be more of it. And yeah. I think that was it. <laughs> but but when you put it out to the world and people don't share your culture and they don't understand how you are, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I was learning, like, when you go to New York, if you're from down south and you go to New York, you would say these people rude. Right. Right. Yeah. But New Yorkers don't think that they're New Yorkers rude because that's the culture. That's so they don't take offense to when somebody's talking aggressively to them because that's the culture. So it's just really about people understanding your culture and how you 
have fun, how you enjoy yourself, how you sit there and, and talk about each other in fun. Even if it gets serious, black people, they go for blood when they talk about each other. You know? <laughs> Am I right? Like you, it's, it's, it's true. Everything. You, don't let you have a... That you could have had a disease. Your wife could have left you. She don't. It's, you it's, your it's person, all in your play. friend know that they finna bring all that up. Yep. <laughs> it's all they gonna play. bring it all up. They gonna bring it all up and, and is, love you afterwards. And right. then, you know, yeah. like, oh, you know, you wrong for that. Well, you shouldn't have been talking about me because everybody's trying to one up. One up each other, right? Yeah, that's movie. true. Most that's definitely. True. Yeah. So I, you know, I just think it's 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 sad, but it's true. Like as black people in our culture sometimes when it gets put on mainstream it's not taken the, the way it was intended to it's just the truth right you know we, we and we and and when you work for corporate america you have to be conscious of that yeah and understand that a paul pierce and a kevin durant and a barry yeah. brewer and, and you know everybody anybody <laughs> that works mm -hmm. for anybody or represent anybody you gotta understand when you speak in I don't just represent me right now. You know, if I'm yeah. a part of the show, like even when I'm talking on this platform, you know, I'm representing Tyler Perry to some degree, right? Because right. if I get That's in true. trouble, his yeah. name is the biggest name to attach to me. Oh, Tyler Perry's show, bruh, Barry Brewer, da da da. Because they, they're trying to get a story, so they're going to connect right. whatever they can to the name yeah. that's going to traffic. That's true. Because you know? his name so will be the head, his name will be the headline, and you you'll be in the paragraph, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. right. that's true. And he like Barry got me out there looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But a, another topic, man, was that that struck a chord with me was there was a law that just got passed in Connecticut, and mm. uh, I thought about it when I said I watched you and you and Tia Moore, uh, and y'all was talking about hair, and it's amazing to me now that they're passing laws to allow people that look like us to be able to, to not be held against, not being held against us on how our hair looks on getting jobs and interviews and, and things like that. Is, is, does that surprise you or do you think it's just par for the course? We should be past it. We should be past it to some degree, but I mean, we should be past a lot of things. Um, <laughs> can I say this though? And <laughs> I think we should be past it but there is certain styles and I don't know if you want to say maybe corporate America <laughs> has um, is responsible for this view of it but certain styles to me mm. does not look clean as a black person from the south side of Chicago mm. right that's true it does not look clean corporate like my child's mother wanted my son to grow his hair out, and I just think I didn't think I didn't think it would look clean. I just, it, me personally, I think a lot of people got locks and it looks nice, but you know, everybody's locks don't look the same. <laughs> you got the Miami dreadlocks, so, true. <laughs> <laughs> right, some of them are dreadful, looking dreadful, or you know, and, and all these different things. But and, and no, and no knock to them, but I'm just no. saying if I'm a company. If it's my company and I want a certain look, just like when you want uniforms or you want employees to wear certain things, I guess my question is, yeah, you shouldn't. Um, but at what point do you say, well, okay, well, that's not okay. And that is right. Yeah. Like, right. you know, and so I think it's, I think we should be past it, but I do think that there's still like, there should be some type of, 
they need to have some real black people on those boards to say, you know, okay, that's good, <laughs> you know, and that's not good, you know. Right. Because it's unfortunate because white people can't see it because they white, so everything is racist if they <laughs> you know what I mean? But you need a real brother <laughs> and human resources, like, now nah, that's just unacceptable, you know. Right. <laughs> 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 so nobody don't gotta have no racist issues. Like, nah, you gotta, you gotta have <laughs> you know the black culture consultant. You gotta have because again, oh. it's about understanding. It's true. It's about understanding the culture. That's the thing. Yep. That's the thing. This is in every world. It's a principle that you can apply to every aspect of life. When you don't understand the culture, it's hard to to to, to judge fairly. Mm. Right. Right. Some of the white, like, and I'll, I'll be putting different scenarios in play, but you know, if if you're a corporate America and you don't understand the culture, and a person comes with a style, you know, I've heard a joke <laughs> about uh, a black lady working at a corporate America and his white boss didn't even know she was the same person because you know black women can have their hair looking, <laughs> they have short hair today, and then they have like long hair tomorrow, yeah. hair the next day, yeah. <laughs> and the white boss was like so confused. He's like, "Oh my god, it's like a magic trick!" Like he was telling them. <laughs> and, and she thought it was insensitive and all of this, but the truth of the matter is, like, he don't know. Right, right. He don't know you can pick your hair on, put it on. Like he don't understand that. Like he didn't intend for that to be <laughs> offensive or insensitive. insensitive to him, right. that is a magic trick. Right. Like he, his wife got short hair. She gonna always have short hair. She ain't gonna have this luxurious hair the next day. You know, <laughs> right. he don't understand that. Yeah. So I just think you need. <laughs> I just think you need somebody that understands the culture on your team so that you know that can be done more efficiently and effectively. And you know, no matter what it is, if it's a black person, you know, in charge or CEO, he's whatever culture he's trying to, you know, feel like he don't like something, I think he needs to consult with someone in that culture to understand, yep. you know, you know, and, that and, that, and, 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 style and that's a style of clothes. And, and that's a big you know, thing. I think like a, a lot of them don't, uh, for me, I think a lot of them, it's, it's come to the fact that it's, I don't think they hear what's going on around us as far as us as a people but i don't think they listen to us as a people you know what i'm saying i, I was watching tv yesterday watching um i can't name the name of the show but the, the 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 guy was trying to to eradicate racism right in the, within the hospital and he went to the to the black nurse and she was talking to her about it can you help me can you help me can you help me and she was like no, I can't help you. First of all, you got to stop. You 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 hear, but you got to stop and listen and understand what our cultural differences are and understand where we coming from as a people and how what you cuz you do some things that we think right. is offensive, but you not taking bath with 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 towels, with a bathing towel, you were just using soap. We think that's nasty, but for your culture, that's normal, you know what I'm saying? So we we have our differences. <laughs> we we have our differences, but Hilarious. if you listen oh, to man. us, you might learn the thing or two, right? Okay, so SNL did a did a did a did a um a skit about uh vaccine, about the vaccine, right? And it was uh-huh. it was basically saying uh why why black folk won't take the vaccine. It was it was hilarious, but then you know the sensitivity police came out and they thought it was insensitive for them to do that type of skit. And it was, it was, it came from not only us, 
but it came from the black community as well that they thought it was insensitive for them to to talk about this and mm-hmm. as a comedian and i definitely want to ask you that question because as a comedian where do you draw the line where do you draw the line on funny nowadays everybody's sensitive and i do oh, draw the line but, but yeah it's, it's getting to a point bro like you can't say nothing you know and it's unfortunate because what's always been funny in the history of life is then pain and struggle and issues you know when you look at all the greatest comedians of all time some of the things you loved about them was was the negative things that went on in the world when you think about richard and you think about red fox and you think about mm-hmm. george carlin and you think about anybody it was the realness of life it was the political it was the racism it was it was homosexuality it was it was uh marriage it was it was children trying to be a parent it was all of these things that exist in the world subjects that they wanted to talk about and how their experience was in in these things different aspects of, of what's happening in life and meeting different type of people of other cultures and things like this so people of all walks of life so i just think that a joke should be drawn when it's got ill intention right mm-hmm. like I, I like hearing the premise of the concept of the sketch about how black people don't want to take the uh the uh vaccine mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't think i don't think it's insensitive because i hope they put some with Tuskegee airmen in it like yeah last time y'all gave us a shot this what happened <laughs> that, which that was all part of right? <laughs> you was in the writer's room that day <laughs> the Tuskegee experiment yeah <laughs> the last time the last time y'all came up with shot man what do cool so if it was along those lines that's genius right, right. it's giving you some history yep. it's not evil intended it has some truth and probably why people are very reluctant as African Americans to not take the vaccine <laughs> you know so so in, in that in that regards like see this is what it is I think in every time you get to hear a joke or whatever, you got to take it for what it is. What, like we just broke that down. Okay, what's the sketch? What's the joke? What's the premise? What's the other pieces in it? No, that that joke is good. So, I, you know, I think that you got to listen to the joke to tell where the line draws because every joke has different elements in it that you can say, okay, that's too far. That's not too far. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, like I can listen to some Corey Holcomb jokes. You know, he's really good for <laughs> offending people. Some jokes rub people the wrong way, but it's a funny yeah. joke. Some some jokes, okay, maybe it's too far. But right. every joke ain't too far, but some hits the line very hard. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. You know, you have that. You have that. So, you know, I think you got to judge it on joke by joke basis. But to me, no, that's not sensitive. Um, I think, you know, Anytime another culture speaks of our culture being that we've been the oppressed culture, I think we mm-hmm. always take offense to it. I think we feel a way. Um, but if it's done tasteful, you know, as a comedian, I, I, I take my hat off to it. I applaud it. You yeah. know, I've seen some comedian Paula Bill is a white comedian lady who's amazing. She always talks and does black clubs and she talks about black people. Mm. And I mean, she is not passive. She's like an aggressive <laughs> white woman, like from New York. You know, she's a New Yorker. So white New Yorkers are not the same. Them different white people from New York, like they are not afraid of nobody else. Right. Yeah. Because they've right. raised, they've been raised with everybody, right? They've been around black people and Jamaicans and 
you know, Haitians. They've been, a, they literally grew up with these people. So their perspective on race is a little different. And she kind of comes with that energy and she hilarious, you know, yeah. and she talks, you know, I think if, if, if you were to see her set, I think the world would be greatly offended. <laughs> she talks, <laughs> what, she what's talks her name? Everybody, you know, and, you know. What's her name, Barry? Paula Bell. Okay, I was thinking about the, uh, yeah. the Lisa Lampanelli chick. That's what I was thinking about. She does the oh. same thing. She'll oh, she'll yeah. say whatever's on her mind too. Paula so, and, but I had to check out. Yeah, no, Paula Bell's a she's a different breed. Yeah, Paula okay. Bell's a beast. Like, right. <laughs> I've seen her in a get up front of all black crowd and destroy. Right. And they didn't like her at first, you know, like nah, yeah. nah, I was about to say this, right. you know, and she yeah. still won them over, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So and, and, you know, and that's what comedy is. That's the that's the that's the brilliant that's the thing that makes comedy special. It's taking things that rub people the wrong way and having this ability to make you laugh about it, to make you see the lighter part, the silver lining in it. That's what makes comedy comedy. Like that's when you appreciate a real joke to say, wow, they took that tense controversial subject and brought it to life and made me laugh about it made me feel okay made you feel okay about you know this or that you know you know like that's what made dave Chappelle brilliant he talked about all of these very controversial things and he makes you laugh at it you're (laughs) like should i be laughing at this you know what i mean like that's what makes comedy (laughs) special right and i I think that's that's where and that's why i asked that question why i brought it up because it's like I've never, if you sat, if you sat there and watched, like I grew up on Eddie Murphy, I grew up on Richard Pryor, you know, I grew up on on the guys like this, and everything come out their mouth. Every every third word was a cuss word. Every third word was something insensitive, right? And it was just funny. We just we knew how to put it in its place, in its perspective. It's it's just comedy. Whereas now we have the culture thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's true too. That's true too, and yeah. but but I think because we because we're now we're in the space that we are in the social media space, everything is rapidly being reported. I think it's it's hitting so many people so fast that it doesn't have time to actually like get to us first, let us hear it, and then get to the next community where it can take the sting off of it a little bit. It's like bam, it's in your face, and here you go, and you got to oh, step through what it is. We're, right, right, we approve. Right, yeah, that, that makes sense. right. Like if you say something about the homosexual, let them hear first, and then you get approval. <laughs> now the world can laugh. Right, <laughs> we're fine with it. Thank Did you. Did he laugh? You okay, laugh. he laughed, and I can laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But you know, and that's what I did. I don't know if you remember my set, but at the end of my um, set, I talk. I have a gay day joke that that that, oh. that went viral. I want to touch that. I want to touch that. I want to touch ahead, that, with you, man. Because I watched that the <laughs> other day, man, and I was like, you know what? Barry has a Barry has a real warped sense of thinking, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because mm-hmm. when you when you started the joke, I was like, when I read the, the caption, right? I got caught on a gay. I got caught, I hooked up in a gay date. I accidentally, I'm like, I accidentally. No, no, no. Let's say it right. Let's say it right. Let's say it right. First of all. I'm a heterosexual man, so I need you to see it right, okay? Right. I accidentally, accidentally. went on a gay day. It's the padding, okay? It was a lady. You gotta see it right, okay? It means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> so, so, we got I that here. on a gay day. Like, yeah, right. I was like, but then when you said it, when you said right. the joke, I was like, where, how did that even come about? How did it even, how did you even think of that joke? What made you even uh, give, man, come wish, up with that joke? I, 
I can't I can't even begin to explain explain to you the process. <laughs> it was like a jumble of two stories, and for however it's come to be, I can't even tell you. I I was just I created it. It was it's it's a, it's a two stories, it's two different stories that I merged together. Right. <laughs> the one story you go to. Oh, he not. It wants to cut out when he's getting to the good part. Yeah, <laughs> it's calling. Um, I did go to a Lakers game with this guy. He was not gay. He, <laughs> I had a great time. I sat at the front. It was a, it was um, the Lakers was in the finals. It was cool. It was really amazing. This years ago, by the way, when they played Orlando. Um, and then I used to hoop at this run. This dude about six three. He used to hoop on my team all the time. Found out he was gay. Right. <laughs> right. So I don't know how the joke came to be, but maybe it was a thought in my mind. I would just, because I never suspected this guy was gay and I was blown away. So a lot of the joke is true, but it's like I never knew gay men came, no, like when I say normal, is not to be offensive, <laughs> but like acting like me and you, very masculine. Yeah. Right. They, they didn't have, they all didn't have the female tendencies. Flamboyant and, right. and yeah, a little feminine, but that's not true. <laughs> you know, gay men come all type of ways. They act yeah. like every other man, right? Sometimes. It's true. So you really don't know what their preference is unless they share it. So I guess somehow in my mind, I'm like, what if that was him? Right. And uh-huh. I'm guessing as I'm on stage, the, sh- the joke just came out. Like it just, the story just, <laughs> Just created a story. It's like writing a script. It just it, it just was unfolded, perfect. and as I continued to tell the story, um, it just came to be. So I can, you know, I, I just told the story that actually happened and, and merged the other story. I thought the guy who I used to pick up who was killing at the gym was gay, and then I was like, hey, that's the guy that took me on the on the, <laughs> the Lakers game. Like, what if I found out he was the guy? And he was trying to take me out because I guess as I think about it, I'm like, you really, as a straight man, you really wouldn't know, especially when yeah. you see him in that competitive space. He dunking. You don't, you, you, and this is stereotype. You don't think that a gay <laughs> dude would dunk on you. You don't get it. You don't think, <laughs> you don't think he's a hooper. You don't, this is your ignorance. Yeah. Right? And so I, I thought that sharing my ignorance would be funny and, and not offensive because I'm saying I'm ignorant. I'm saying right. I didn't know. I'm saying that I was uninformed and un, you know unaware, and and this is my journey. So now that then makes somebody more aware. This is the thing back to the the subjects and topics being offensive to really take time to um, process it. And then I told the joke <laughs> to people who were gay. My my girlfriend had a best friend who was gay, and I asked him, told him the joke. The other guy, I said, could you ask? He let me tell a joke to his friends, and they were laughing. They thought it was so funny. They it was thought hilarious. it was so funny. It so is. Once, like you just said, once I saw they were laughing and they didn't feel no way about it, then I I felt like I had the green light. I'm like, okay, the joke is funny. It's not offensive. Add in. And 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 and, and, it, and it and it also don't put me in a light where it makes me, you know, because you know, straight men can feel like homophobic sometimes when they share certain experiences. Like I got a piece of joke, I don't know if you saw my thing, but I, I say a joke like, you know, when you're homophobic, people homophobic act like, oh, you don't even want a gay dude to talk to you until you find out a gay dude don't like you and you're his type. You ain't gotta be gay, but you do want to know what's wrong with you. you like, why yeah. am I attracted? Like, why you don't like yeah. me? Why you don't like me? Yeah. 
I remember that. Like to, to sit, right, to sit there and I'm like, that's genius. Like, that's so funny, right? Because truth be told, you don't want to be gay, but you want him to still be attracted to you in some weird way. Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's wrong with me? Right, exactly. So I love that. I love those type of jokes that brings reality to, to stuff and just... Make you know, think and, about it. Yeah, and yeah. later on, after the joke was developed, bro, I really admired it and loved it because that was a true experience of mine. I was homophobic. I really was a certain way when it came to gay people. And I had a trip. I did this music trip where I was playing for this this choir, and the head dude was obviously, in my opinion, he was gay. And I was, like, real standoffish. And we connected on He Loved Martin, the show, and that's my favorite show. Yeah, And so... In the beginning, it's a road trip. It's like the whole singing group, the musicians, we all on this tour bus. And I'm kind of just being real standoffish kind of at the beginning of the, of the road trip. By the end of the road trip, I'm sitting there doing Martin quotes with this dude. We having a ball, we laughing. <laughs> and at that point, it dawned on me. I was like, him being gay, that's the only thing we, we, we don't connect on. You know, like right. we don't see life the same one and that's okay. Cause we got all these other things in common. Right? right so and that's true your friends even your best friend y'all don't connect on every it's the thing your friend do that you like yeah i don't mess with you on that but everything <laughs> else we connect on you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> maybe he gamble maybe he smoke the- maybe he drinking that's what, not what you do you know but y'all still best of friends you know what right. i mean when he's yeah. time for him to drink or smoke he go do that on his own you know what i mean so it's when it's time for my <laughs> friend to go do his thing like hey i can't support you i mean i support you but like from a distance i ain't over right. there but you know, you saw my boy. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yeah. I'm being funny, but you know, I think that that joke kind of made heterosexual men a little more open and a little more understanding that people are people, and despite this preference and so forth and so on, they're human just like you. They're not yeah. different, you know. So it helped me. So it was, a, it was a real story. It was a real like a real reality check for myself. So. Yeah. I'm grateful that other people, you know, kind of have like kind of makes them laugh and see that, you know. That that was funny, man. He's like, "Oh my god, I was on a a, a gay date." <laughs> That's the funniest thing. And so, you know, what's funny. I didn't get to do that on my special because that was me developing the joke. Right. After, my special didn't come out for two years, so I was still working and doing the joke because it wasn't out, and I had did it at that spot. So I really love the way I did that joke on that show versus what I did on my special because it had developed even more. And that's just a little bit into the world of comedy. It's like when you put a joke in the mm. oven, it can only get stronger and stronger. And this is why, you know, I think a lot of heart a backlash was on Kevin because he was dropping stand-up specials a lot. And um, it's not that he's not funny. It's just that I don't think he had enough time to to sit with his jokes. You know, he went yeah. on tour for a year and then he put it out. And I just right. think that it's not that he's not funny. It's just some of the jokes that, that he was putting out didn't get the chance to sit in the oven as long because he had a great demand for his stand-up. You know, Netflix right. like, hey, we want it now. You know, so he had to so give, me something, give people yeah. give something it. new yeah. and fresh too. Yeah, yeah I'm I don't know. Leaves eighty million on the table. No, you are not. <laughs> I'm gonna get that writers room. I'm gonna get everybody in that writers room. We gonna come up with something for this eighty million, no doubt. My the. Yeah, I don't know the Incredible Hulk joke that you say on the stand-up special. That is still my favorite of all time, man. That, oh, that, man thank you. That's one of my that, favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I almost lost my job laughing at that joke so hard, man. Because it, it was a that was a real punchline. You know what I'm saying? It was like that came that out of left in a rap. Song, <laughs> <laughs> 
the that fact was a, that the little person turns into an incredible Hulk. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> and it's that something was, a kid would think about, like, oh, that's probably his magic. That's his power, you know? <laughs> Smash. Any closing words, my brother? Yeah, man. Uh, just want to thank Barry again for coming out. I like the brother because he, he stay humble and like you said, he's doing big things and he still found time to come, you know, saying come come back and talk to us, man. So I appreciate that about the brother, man. And I'm happy for this 100, baby. This 100. No doubt. So, guys, make sure that you like. Make sure that you share. Make sure that you rate, rate five stars. Make sure that you join the Facebook group. There's always some stimulating conversation going on in there. So with that being said, much love. And we out. Peace. We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Getting down in 3D. Light year groove. All right.